Hello and welcome back to Bourbon Barrel Talk. I'm your host, Scott Minton. Today we are sitting in, I'm going to call it the bourbon bunker because we are downstairs and there's bourbon everywhere and we are at Doc Crow's. I like that. Well, and now there's bourbon everywhere. And we are hanging out with uh, our friend John Shumay and Brad Lawton. So gentlemen, welcome to Bourbon Barrel Talk. How are you doing? And if you don't mind, let's tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Brad, do you want to start or shall I? Go for it. Okay. So I have one of the best jobs in America. I am the whiskey maven and one of the executive bourbon stewards at Doc Crow's on Historic Whiskey Row in Louisville, Kentucky. So much of my job involves uh, labeling bottles, training staff, uh, building the flight program. Tasting. Tasting. Lots and lots of tasting. You didn't lead with tasting? I... You, know, you led with training the staff? <laughs> Listen, well, he wanted to make it sound less glamorous. Right. He had to start with all the hard shit first. <laughs> when I think about what I do every day, and I focus more on the staff part than on the tasting part, even though I love doing the tasting. So when our guests come in and they want tastings, we do those for small, large groups, individuals, blah, blah, blah. There but we it's go. exciting. Absolutely. It is exciting. All right, Brad. So I'm the GM down here at Doc Crows on Whiskey Row. And uh, unlike John... I have a, a little more task on my plate and not quite as enjoyable <laughs> as what he made it uh, fabulously sound like. Uh, but it's a great job. I uh, love, love the things we do. I love the people we work with. I love the product we sell. And I love the entity that is Doc Crow's, Doc's Bourbon Room. Um, you know, each day is uh, just as trying as the next. But the fun part of that is, is if it wasn't complicated and complex, you'd get bored and give up. So it's all a beautiful story. So that's a great... Um, intro and I want to transition into what you guys sell. So you sell your brand. So tell us a little bit more about that. I can speak to part of that. We create an extraordinary guest experience. So we're not just on Whiskey Row. We're actually in the heart of Whiskey Row. So on the very block where some people might say you are Whiskey Row. Well, no, we can't say that we I are mean, Whiskey Row. Listen, you, you, you can, but we can. I think you can, and the reason I think you can is because you literally have. All of the whiskey. You're not just Old Forester. You're not just Michter's. You're not just Angel's Envy. You're not just Peerless. You are literally anything that anybody could possibly want. They can probably find it here under one roof. In in some aspects, yes, we are. However, we're also um, an extension of history, uh, collection. Um, we're educators. We're a museum. I mean, we have so many roles. So. A tasting museum. A live interactive museum. Yes, yes. The museums that I like to go visit. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't climb on the ladder. That's the only thing we ask. No climbing on the ladder. Has someone done that yet? Yes. Oh, yes. absolutely. 100%. Oh, yes. You know they have. you got to take a selfie. <laughs> yes. But first, let me take a selfie. Yes. So, like, what happens? So. Uh, that we digress, but. So, probably a tall black guy will walk up to that person and say, we're so happy to have you here at Doc Crows today. We ask that you not step on the ladders or handle the bottles unless someone from our staff has handed it to you. So you are like super nice the first time. Yes, the first time. Yeah, absolutely. No, you have to have a sense of humor, but you obviously you don't want people unless to Unless he's himself. talking to you. Very well put. <laughs> if he's talking to me, he's like, dude, get off. <laughs> I mean, there are occasions where... Well, no, I won't say that. But there are occasions where it's more aggressive. But No, I kind of want to hear what you were not going to say. Nah, well, that's after this podcast. Fair. Um, 
but we try to create extraordinary guest experiences. Yeah. That's really what we do. And I think we do it pretty well. Yeah. You have a beautiful facility. I love your locker program as well. Uh, that's very unique with regards to having an exclusive bourbon bar. Um, we try not to promote that because we have a waiting list for lockers. Gotcha. So, so scratch we, that. But notice that they have <laughs> lockers that are very highly sought after. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. That I'm not on any of them. But but we always open our arms and welcome you when you're here. Oh, I appreciate that. Right? Is it not true? That's very oh, true. We get 100%. bourbon hugs. Bourbon hugs are amazing. Bourbon hugs are great. And I don't want to bring my own bourbon anyways. In small and in large doses. <laughs> Indeed. No, just in large doses. Just in <laughs> we large have doses. long days. <clears throat> I mean, I'll take any bourbon hug. It can be a small bourbon hug or a big bourbon hug. Yeah, exactly. we know you're not picky. <laughs> Certainly. Certainly. <laughs> I'm not picky. <laughs> we all. know. So, and, then, and then on the back side of that, uh, speaking beyond the experience and the, you know, the education piece and the foundry that is like teaching the staff and elevating the experience and the overall, we also, you know, try to make a really good cocktail menu. We always have um, the best in mind for the experience and the guests that's coming in. Um, we're fully culpable from at least 99% of that. Um, you know, we've got a very young staff. Uh, but they are dedicated to the cause and um, ready for any challenge that you would throw in front of them, I think. That's awesome. That's great to be able to train your staff that way. And I appreciate the cocktail list because, in my opinion, going out here downtown, um, having a very exclusive cocktail bar is something that, although we're the bourbon capital of the world, I feel like we lack in having very good cocktail experiences and right although whiskey was not made to be drank at barrel proof and as strong as it can be over and over and over again my bar will tell you otherwise but right sometimes you like you have to have a nice elegant cocktail bar something to change it up is always nice so so and you guys do a fantastic job in my opinion so tell me a little bit about your cocktail list and then what's new to come with um what you're about to tell us I'm going to let you talk a little bit about the cocktail list because I focus on the individual pours of the whiskey. Yeah, we like him more than you, but. (laughs) (laughs) So our our cocktails um, are all inspired by the bartenders themselves. So uh, we put their initials on the menu. We let them build that. Uh, Them, myself, John, and Ileana, who's one of our managers on the floor, um, create the profile to those in the bartender's light and kind of replace bourbon where necessary for cost and all that good stuff. Um, but overall we modify, uh, to the best of our ability to, to, to deliver that, that super good flavor and profile. Um, that is the cocktails we serve. And then we always try to round that off with, a with, um, a few bourbons, of course, the old fashioned, um, but also a margarita and a rum and a, and a vodka. So, you know, we are, um, one of the largest bourbon bars in the nation. However, we also want to appeal to everyone. Um, so it's very important that we deliver that message that, yes, we are a bourbon bar, but if you do want tequila, we've got some really good tequila products. If you do want vodka, we've got some, and why would you, you know. So anyway, we uh, we try to appeal to everybody. That's um, awesome. But now, uh, if you ever wanted to add Matt's Ultimate Manhattan or Scott's Basic... Man. We, Scott's we, basic cocktail, uh, which is simply just a pour of whiskey. It's not really a cocktail. <laughs> it's just a pour of whiskey. Right. You know, we're open. We're so, open to let we donate our names to that. So we've got a I've got a, a perfect um, Manhattan cocktail, which is a little bit of bourbon, a little bit of scotch and a little bit of vermouth. And it is phenomenal. But so it's a uh, it's tough scotch to your Manhattan. 
The perfect Pearl Manhattan. If you ever go to Chicago, and I won't I mention the, the name of the place, but it is a. Uh, they know exactly they have what a, you're talking about. Mm, perfect and I Pearl haven't, Manhattan. Haven't ordered it because I'm skeptical about mixing scotch and bourbon together in a cocktail. Not, it's but the, it's but the oak and the smoke with the delivery of what no, the but scotch like, is. If I like my bourbon, I don't want to lick a calf's foot while I'm drinking mm-hmm. barrel proof whiskey. However, I would concur with that. Thank mm-hmm. you. One can counteract the other. Mm-hmm. And it's unpatriotic. Let's Thank add you. that. Thank hey, you. Hey, hey, hey. He's not wrong. I know. <laughs> but I also think a Manhattan is, right? Do you have your maraschino cherries? Do you have your ripe bitters? Like, mm-hmm. what, Lu- what are you doing? Luxardo cherries. Really? Maraschino, maraschino over Luxardo any day of the week, my mm-hmm. friend. Mm-hmm. Really? Yep. And this yeah. is where the table becomes divided. Uh-oh. And this is where the table becomes divided from both of you because so, I would go to a supermarket and dip my own. Actually, yeah. actually, the moonshine, so, the moonshine <coughs> cherries are actually fantastic. So yeah, when you uh, make your own cherries, that's that's, that's a totally different. Yeah, that's, yeah, hey, that's a little bit of brandy, a little mm-hmm. bit of whiskey. I mean, yeah, doing some things. No, those, with it. Have yeah. you had the moonshine ones yet? Yeah, they're good. They're oh, not. They're I like those in Manhattan. They're so. bright and sparkly. But, but I, I, have, I would uh, I would say on the maraschino, if you looked up how they made those maraschino cherries, you may not have that. Nope, don't want to do that. That's like half the things I eat <laughs> and drink. I don't want to see <laughs> how it's made. Gummy bears, they're amazing. <laughs> Never yeah. ask how glued that stuff yeah, is. Yeah, it's made. like the Flintstone Vita gummies that I mm-hmm. took when I was five are still fighting things away. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> like man. 30 <laughs> years <laughs> later. Samurai. <laughs> so <laughs> before we dive into to, to what you guys got going on that's new, I want I want to dive back into... You were cool enough to uh, bring us in and let us talk to Lucky 7 while they were doing a special tasting for you guys and doing some other things. And uh, John had mentioned the fact that you all have roughly 1,100 bottles of bourbon here in, 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 in the store or restaurant yes. slash bar. And uh, wanted to kind of you know go over that type of – that part of your, your, your flight or your program. So what does that look like? And then uh, I, I know from the last time I was sitting here with, with John, and to piggyback that question – you said that you always kind of save the last pour just to keep, I guess, preservation of the of the actual collection. collection. Um, so to maintain the integrity yep. of the collection. So in fact, that we do have twenty five hundred plus whiskey expressions. That is a specific mash bill, and a different proof. We do save one pour. So we actually have. Uh, collected those in one spot here in the restaurant and we actually have bottles with just one pour left so all of the things that we may not have in at that particular moment available to our guest we actually have them do you ever like intend on having like a, a 10 or a 15 year anniversary and just call it the one pour blowout yeah when zombies come <laughs> so that would be like, like when zombies bottle. come and you <laughs> lock me in that cage <laughs> hell yeah i'm gonna drink everything and we may indeed Lock you in the cage. Man. That's fine. <laughs> leave those, bo- leave those bottles there. <laughs> Throw the key I would away. be afraid with what, what no would get drank while we were locking him in the cage. Although yeah. that would be a really cool infinity bottle project. It Truth. would be. It Truth. would be. We I believe in infinity. Scott's infinity stomach project. Uh, listen, I'm down. I yeah. would drink it. I'm down. <laughs> God, only knows what, God only knows what's in there, but I'd still drink it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in there that you'd probably enjoy so drinking. So w- what would you say is the most unique bourbon in the collection? Oof. I would point to a couple. But you had to pick one. I can't give oh, one. You've got to pick one. So Gosh. we've got 20. I mean, honestly. We can all pick one. What's your I, favorite song? Is it Scott? your oldest? I mean, you, you talk mm, about like unique. Is it your right? first like, child or second child, let me right? Give you Just pick few. one. In all fairness, let me give you a few. All right. Okay. Give me three. I will pick the fave. Okay. Uh, I mean, you have to say something about pre-prohibition bottles. Absolutely. And we've got several of those. They're rye whiskey, not bourbon, but we've got 1905, 1909, 1911, old overhauled. 
They came to us by way of a private collector, uh, by way of, was it Chris, Christie's or Sotheby's? It's Christie's. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and God, so oh, good. Sotheby's is so a ton good. of stuff too. And it's luckily so for us, John was able to uh, offer that to one of our guests a few weeks back and we actually got to taste that. And man, I, I, I can't imagine it is any different than when it went into that bottle 130 years, 120 years ago, 115 years ago. Delicious. It was amazing. Really? It was phenomenal. Like really the, was. the profile was just as crisp and, and man, it was good. It was huh. good. And there's a great backstory on that as well. Well, the old overholt now, just a piggyback real quick right. before the pivot. Yes. Is, it, is that a Maryland rye? Or is that a Kentucky rye? Mm, no, it's up north. Uh, yeah. So the overhauls were in the uh, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania area. Pennsylvania. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and the overhauls, I believe, sold out to the Fricks. Mm-hmm. Frick, if I, under, if I remember correctly, uh, had a partner, one of the melons, as in Carnegie Mellon, yep. et cetera. And with prohibition looming, he stockpiled in his cellar a tremendous amount of old overhaul because he was an investor and so forth and so on. But then he was appointed as the Secretary of the Treasury, I believe it was, and he was told he needed to get rid of that for appearance's sake. So these have been authenticated and they're absolutely delicious. They're expensive. I mean, they're they're not for for everyone. Price? Mm. Oh, they're not cheap. Like. Well, no. What? I mean, well, what do you mean I can't try it? Well, you and you can. <laughs> what? You for, can. For for two thousand dollars, I am happy to pour for you as I did for another gentleman and his. Friends. I'm going to save my comments for that for when we're off the podcast. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair <laughs> enough. The, it's not for everybody's pocketbook. We'll put it that it's way. It's not, but it's such an extraordinary Experience. snapshot yeah. of history in terms of whiskey making that you can appreciate just figuring out the older trees, that so, time frame, the oak. No, so, go ahead. So you value that as an over $20,000 bottle of whiskey. Okay, sure. That's insane. Is it really? Yes. Think of what people spend money on. Yeah. Can you think of anything more patriotic, more closely tied to the American experience than whiskey, but bourbon specifically? I, I don't have a problem with that price point. And, and the reason no, I, I say that is because you, I just meant when like, you look at like Torno, Tornado Surviving, the H. Taylors, I mean, some of those things are ridiculously priced. I agree, but yeah. like, come the on, guys. Sour Mash is yeah, the Sour $22,000. Yeah. Guys, I mean, first off, absurd. it's all the same thing. It right. sits in the same warehouse in mm-hmm. the same spot. Right. <laughs> just one went through a traumatic experience, okay? Right. Let's move on to other things in our collection. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Move on. Well. I can buy a car so what's for what's our oldest? Stitzel Wellers. We've got some delicious Stitzel Wellers. Mm. Um, and oddly, some of the less, w- less well-known ones, the very old, very extra old old Fitzgeralds, they are so Super fine. tasty, though. They're so fine. Super so fine. So well-balanced, so unique, so antique furniture. So there was one year I was at Whiskey Pig in, out in Bardstown, and they, they had, I think Jack Rose brought it, or... Um, it was either Jack Rose or um, Delilah's. One of them brought an old bottle of some Sitzel Weller stuff, and they also brought us a 1950 Maryland rye that we okay. got to have as well. Okay. Super fantastic. Do not regret paying for any one of those pours. Now, Whiskey Pig is a thing of the past now, but... Right, the Blonde Squirrel. Yes. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. Rest in peace, Whiskey Pig. But super tasty. But that then... The rye from up north was very unique 
and uncharacteristic to what we drink today in today's rye that Certainly. I think it is well worth trying some of that if you get the ability to find it. Okay. So while I while I shiver in the fact that I could have a car instead of a shot of whiskey. <laughs> but it's not just a shot of whiskey. No, it's delicious. It's, it's, it's a shot of It's history. a pour of whiskey. It's a shot of history. It's a part of history, an historic whiskey Because it, it is something you'll never have again. Yeah, and that's why I think what you guys offer is so unique to the public because mm. you're right. There's maybe one of five other places in the entire United States that you're going to find something like that. And I tell you that of I've, I've been to a lot of those before mm. and there's so few you can kind of one hand the places you can try that so yeah it's very unique it's very worth it but it's also the people who congregate here i mean bourbon specifically brings people together and so at any given moment so the lucky not seven after 11 o'clock <laughs> well not after 11 <laughs> o'clock but you always want to leave them wanting more right you always want to leave them wanting more speaking of more well, sure. I mean, you, we have to, yeah, we have to, as Whitney Houston says, how will I know if I don't drink it? How will I know? That's I have absolutely hundred percent right. All right. So you, you've given us a few different ones. Now, John, I mean, now Brad is going to tell us which one is the most unique. Wait a minute. I didn't finish. Oh, you didn't? Okay. My bad. No, no, my no. Bad. Wow. No. Way to cut him off. Look, I've, I've got a few more things. He doesn't want Brad to talk. No, he no, 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 no. Um, I can't not acknowledge the OKIs. That is uh, extraordinarily unique that we have such a rich collection of 10 and 12 year OKIs. You, you do. I, I was admiring them when I walked in mm-hmm. every time. Yeah. 19 <laughs> bottles. 19 <laughs> bottles. And I and I think we should probably taste some before you leave. Yep. Yeah. Not mad about that. Not I'm going to hold my comment until later. All right. Oh, and uh, that's this episode about... No, <laughs> <laughs> and on and that episode. episode. It's time. And then lastly... I'd have to mention the Thompson's Final Reserve, the yes. oldest age bit, uh, bourbon released to the market. 45. Oh, was that the stuff they did, the Fraser? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that 45-year-old yep. stuff. 45, yeah. 44, and 42 years in the barrel. That is so oaky. It is, but it's such a unique experience. So I was really fortunate enough to try that. It's the oaky leather, man. Same, Same here. Oh, my God. Yes. So good. Listen, I think drinking Petey Scotch is like licking somebody's <laughs> shoe. No. no. That. Having over oaked 45 year old whiskey mm-hmm. it is cool, but you're like, ah. yeah, yeah, it, it no. is a boot, a shoe, it, it's a boot, <laughs> it is a Nashville, Tennessee leather boot. <laughs> and you're just like, man, this was just this killed five minutes ago. So, peated scotch would be that leather boot that was thrown in. No, peated scotch is the foot, is the undercarriage <laughs> right. of the boot mixed with a little salt water. Yeah, well, I was gonna say, thrown in the bottom of uh, a, a salty lake yes. <laughs> for. Five years and yes. had mold growing on it. Stepped, <laughs> stepped in dog shit. And the funny thing is that there's a double oak. There is. Which there is. is, which I, is I, yes, there is. And I found I that think? to be, there's a, I think it was 43, right? Oh, you all ask these tough questions. I got to mm-hmm. flip through the menu before I'll know my dick on self. Final Reserve, Thompson, Glenmore Distillery. So while he's looking at that, Brad. I mean, you picked a sourced you, OK you tell us what, your favorite. Well, it's the 42. Which one is it? Double oak. Which one's the big? Which, which one's the big boy? The 42 is what you said? 42 the 42 year old? is double oak. That's yes. Crazy. So hold on. Uh, John, I have a question for you. Uh-oh. So you talk about OKI, right? Yes. Now, I love OKI, right? Yes. Very. I have. 20 bottles of it at my house, all oh. different expressions, single okay. barrels, okay. sherry butt, Belgium quad, the rye, right? Okay. I've got it all. Excellent. However, you neglect the other half of that lot. So that MGP lot was divided in half. Okay. Right? With OKI. Yes. And our dearest friends at... Oh. Old Carter? 
No. No. New Riff. New Riff. The Riff. No. New Riff is New that. Riff is OKI. No. Riff is Riff well, took over the distilling. Boone County. Oh, Boone County. Boone County. Yes. Okay. So okay. right there yeah. was a there were allegedly right rumors have it I'll probably get in a lot of trouble for going into eight this. That's fine. Eight barrels. Sure. Eight barrels of. Okay. Ten to twelve year old. Indiana stuff. Lawrence that stuff. lot. Sure. Indiana. MGP. Lawrenceburg. Indiana. Okay. Okay. One of the best rye whiskey. Fantastic. But that was the... So... They do great work. I was just curious why you would count OKI over the 12-year-old OKI versus the 12-year-old Boone County. You asked me about unique. Correct. But it was, right, in my opinion, they're the same... Well... The same uniqueness. they, they, They are similar in uniqueness because not only did... Boone County have theirs, but okay, I finished theirs, and I finished a they lot. They finished a of couple them. of them. They finished a yes. lot. They I did mean, the Belgium quad and then the Sherry butt. Right. Yes. That was the only two. Now Boone County did not. Right. At all. So uh, straight all. from the barrel. So we're going right. unique. So they're finished. No, I was, I was just curious. No, no, you just asked yeah. about unique. And yeah. So no, I was, and I was curious what like was the dividing line because that's a that's a really common thing that people overvalue OKI for what not overvalue, overvalue? is the wrong word. That's strong. Overvalue OKI versus Boone County, even though it was from the same lot. And so I was curious as to how we can get into that a little bit more because I'm the same way, right? I love OKI, but I like Boone County, even though it was the same thing. I I have the same perspective that you do too, but I wanted to know where that line comes from. And we're digging way too deep into this, and I apologize. We absolutely are. And in the rabbit hole we go... And speaking of rabbit hole, they also are on our new flight menu. Oh, which one? Uh, it's the vineyard flight. Mm-hmm. So we yeah. actually have finished flights. Uh, rabbit hole, Derringer, Thomas S. Moore, Port, Huber's, Sherry Cask, and the Barrel Dovetail Rum Port and Cabernet. Fantastic. So that what is a good variety of finishing whiskeys. I thought. So I thought. Very approachable. Thank you for getting me out of the old rabbit hole and into a new one. Yes, yes. It's exciting, actually, to launch a flight menu. It was quite the beautiful redirect. I so it, to, so is this honest. live as of today? Oh, Next gosh, week, no. I thought you said, right? No, we, actually, we're giving you the premiere. You're actually having the ability to share this news first no mm-hmm. one else has this information it's coming out next week before we start the farm and machinery show fantastic so this episode will drop on sunday so it literally will come out the day before yeah you all drop the flight so awesome. be we're excited neat. we really are excited it's humbling too yeah i think you guys did a great job putting those flights together i think it's a really great mesh of different whiskeys from similar flavor profiles that will really blend together so I, I really appreciate that menu, and it really helps people who don't know whiskey. It helps them to expand their palate and see what else is out there. I think you guys did a great job with that. And I, I noticed that Scott is counting them, and yes, there are seven. It yeah. is a lucky seven, just to kind of continue that theme. Right. And lucky seven is on the seventh flight, along with Blue Run, Bargetown Bourbon Company, and Peerless, our so, neighbors in Whiskey Row Quarter. So I was going to ask if that had something to do with that, but um, also, I mean... Th- these flights are a. I love the names. I mean, you come up with some really, really fun, cool names to go with these, um, and and I kind of like where you went with them. Which is your favorite name? Um, you know, honestly, I kind of heir to the throne. Heir to the throne is really good, but I also kind of like the ambassador. I mean, you know, 
it, it I, I see where they all fit in right there right you know i, I kind of get where you're coming uh, from on that one for the record the best is the dirty bird oh that, that's absolutely the the funniest or the best name right but and you know why right because the bird is the word because we're next to the Young kidding. Center where the Cardinals play, right? Uh, hold on. No one got that. <laughs> All right. I'm done. We're next to, we're next to the Young off. Center where the Cardinals play, and for that reason, it's the Dirty Bird. It has nothing to do with... It's not as appealing anymore. So. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the, the various... Go-karts. ...names mm-hmm. on The there. Dirty Bird. But go-karts. Yeah. I have a feeling that it's going to be richly popular with people. No, absolutely. 100%. Had um, no idea. So let, let's walk through a couple of these flights. Certainly. And let's talk, um, you know, w- why you picked those. Okay. And then uh, we'll kind of dive in a little bit deeper on a couple of other things, and then, and then we'll sign this bad boy off. Okay. So the introduction to bourbon, you've got Angel's Envy. You've got Doc's Evan Williams, which I think is a single barrel you all must have picked. And Correct. And Woodford Reserve Double Oak and yes. a Maker's 46. So I think all these are great introductory bourbons, and I think that's where you're going with with this. But – why did you choose these over, and, and I'm just going to throw something out there. Let's say a, uh, hmm, and let's go with, instead of a Doc Evan Williams, let's, why didn't you go with E.H. Taylor Small Batch or something like that? Well, you have to consider the ability to access things. And we won't have a tater conversation uh, because at, the partic- at this particular moment, they're not on my good list for the limited distribution. So let's move beyond that and let's talk about this as being double oaked, uh, low rye, weeded, and finished. That was the idea with the introduction of bourbon. Okay. And these particular expressions have been popular. So we spend a lot of time walking around and talking to, to various guests at tables. And this seems to be the best kind of lower to moderate proof uh, flight. That's, that's uh, a great introduction to bourbon. It also kind of hits four points of the compass, too. I love it. No, absolutely. you got a finished bourbon with the Angel's Envy. You've got the docks, the single barrel, which makes it kind of nice and cool. The double oak, and then the Maker's 46 gives you the weeder. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. It, hits all, it touches all the points for sure. So the Ambassador, which, like I said, I love the name. These are some unique pours. What was the inspiration behind that piece? So, so many of our guests are looking for the complete whiskey experience and so we wanted to offer a scotch a canadian whiskey a japanese whiskey and an irish whiskey essentially all of the other major whiskey producing nations in the world right and the green label and of course traditionally green labels have either been rye or irish so this is our take on american rye whiskeys it's fantastic and then the dirty bird because that's obviously my favorite and that's easy enough to see yeah, chicken cock, eagle rare, fighting cock, sure, Kentucky sure. owl. So they're all bird names, which it, you got to love that. Well, we also call it the naughty feathered flight. The yes. naughty feather. It'd be way cooler if you did that. <laughs> the naughty feather. So legends, I, I also find that one a little bit different there. Um, so Old Forester single barrel, and it's going to say it's varies. Elijah Craig barrel proof, which is going to vary, which I understand that in Four Roses, small batch select. So are, will those... Elijah Craig and those old foresters, will those be barrel strength or more like the 100 proofers? Or what's the thought process behind that? It's hard to say which old forester. Actually, um, so oftentimes old forester brings guests over after they do barrel picks. We actually happened to interact with a guest and 
they offered a taste. It was so very delicious that when Brad and I were tasting it, we knew we had to include it somewhere. And so they allowed us to access a case of their, their pick. Um, so it's probably going to vary. We probably will do different Old Forester single barrels. Of course, they're our neighbors. Uh, we love them. We love the product. Um, they're here a lot, and we want to showcase them. And they actually have um, marked themselves historically. Yep. Founded in 1870, one of our neighbors on this block, et cetera, et cetera. So that's the reason. Yeah, no, 100%. All right, so the vineyards are obviously all, we, all wine-finished products, and I, I do love a few of these on here. Only a few? So I, I'm I'm not in, in no shade or anything like that. I'm not a huge Thomas More fan. Like I've tried I've tried all of them. Not a massive fan of it. So okay, okay fair but, enough. But fair enough. the Derringer I like. I love Hubers. I, I love all the stuff Hubers is doing on their finishes. Man, have you tried the VDN? Uh, I've had a number of theirs. I don't know that I've had that one. The VDN's delicious. Have you had the new Honey? Yes. My God. So the Honey's good, but the VDN blows it out. Really? Like VDN really? is Man. it's finished in a Vino de Naranja, which is an orange macerated wine. Mm-hmm. Dude, it's. It's thunder. I mean, it's so so good. I'll have to bring you in a sample. Yeah, I've got please, a, I've got a couple of bottles, um, and then uh, so barrel d- dovetail the the rum port cabernet is the one that I really don't know a whole lot about. Give me a little bit more detail on that piece. So you know, when you are trying to create flights, you have to think of your end guest, and I don't want to say that this is for men or for women, but we'll say it's for wine lovers. We'll say it's for one who uh, appreciates a softer flavor profile. We'll say it's for someone who likes something sweet. We'll say it's for someone who is newer to bourbon or seasoned enough in bourbon that they can appreciate that approach. Um, The dovetail, it's got so much going on with those finishes that it's... uh, It should should almost be flavored. I mean, it's it's that richly textured in fruit. Gotcha. I haven't tried it yet. Not not that particular one. I've had a ton of barrel bourbons, but... Mm -hmm. I've not had that actual um, expression. And we can do that too. Um, what was the, the the new one that I tried? Uh, is it like Seaside or Sea Seagrass? Seagrass. 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 Yeah, I, I enjoyed that one. Um, but like it's I said, super I'm not, complex. Too. Yeah, it is. Like it's, it's super complex. A, well, it's got a lot of finishing funky barrels build. in there yeah. as well. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, it's wild. So, like I said, I've, I've not had a chance to taste all of them, obviously. So this is one that, like I said, I've not tried yet. So I'm definitely anxious to give that a laurel. So the last one is the Heir to the Throne, and that's kind of the Lucky 7 batch with Peerless, Blue Run, and then Bardstown Bourbon Company, one of my favorites, the Discovery Series. So. Absolutely. They do such great work there. Uh, they've been good about assisting us with training, but their expressions are also so very transparent, and we can respect that yeah. as, as whiskey lovers. So we know what we're drinking. We know how old it is. We know what the mash bill is, and they're, they're also fine people. They do a great job. So when you're walking a client through a flight or through a tasting or things to that nature, what kind of questions do you ask them to figure out what's going to mesh best with their taste profile? Or at least try to do your best to figure that out, Ravi, right? A lot of people will just focus on things they like. Um, and that's important for sure. So um, things that you've had that you like, what are some of the best bourbons or whiskeys that you've had but i'm also as interested to know what they don't like and why Um, because that can be a stumbling block for example i like really high proofs um a lot of people don't no what were you going to say brad no no no. that's that that was it is is you know you don't want to you don't want to burn their palate out if they're used to 80 and 90 proof and then you introduce 120 proof even one of our barrel picks you know it's 119.2 so if you introduce that as part of that flight you're just gonna you're just gonna burn their their palate out immediately so right. you have to be super 
conscientious of of what they don't like as much as as what they do. So as John was saying, if I was a, a, a beginner bourbon drinker, which we know I'm not, but if I was, and let's just say I said, man, I really enjoy Woodford Reserve, and I really like uh, a robust red wine, like like a Cabernet or something like that. And uh, the only bourbon I've ever had that I really didn't care for was Heaven Hill. What would you suggest? I would start off thinking about the mash bill, the 72-18-10. And then I would go to finished. And I would uh, focus, is it port wine? Is it Cabernet? Try to figure out what type of wine and why. If it's dry, sweet. I could go in the direction of sherry if it's sweet. um, Cabernet if it's dry. And then I start to whittle away which whiskeys I have without naming any specifically what I have that fits that flavor profile. So the goal really is to create what the guest wants, not what I think they should want. And I try to maintain some objectivity in approaching it that way. Mm-hmm. So okay. it's not what I like. It's what I think they will. So like it's a lot more complex said. thought process that goes into that than, you know, just trying to marry, you know, similar mash bills or things of that nature. Absolutely. And it's not pushing products too, because sometimes people oftentimes will say that they like, weeded bourbons but then when you give them something that's different than the most popular weeded bourbons i'll leave it at that right um they don't like them and what they're really looking for is balance mm-hmm. um or they're looking for something that's fruit forward or you know yeah. you you, can, you kind of have to do a little more digging so you have to talk to them a little bit and not just say oh we'll just give them a weeded bourbon right yeah i think it's great that you dig into their palate more than anything else and i think that's a really unique experience that people can look for when trying bourbons because that's really what it comes down to right is you don't know what you don't know and so in order for you to really experience what else is out there you need to have someone who actually cares about what you're drinking and why you're drinking that and i think you do a great job and you showcase that showcase that very well thank so you kudos to you guys for that thank you i have one of the greatest jobs in america in most pi- of the time <laughs> besides your boss most of the time <laughs> and to piggyback a little bit more onto that because you guys serve great food here right like sometimes some bourbons don't necessarily or some rise don't necessarily go with some of the foods that you might serve so how does that affect your opinion when you're Trying to you know meld in or dial in drinks first, eat questions later. Let's move on. But we we, uh, (laughs) we've got we've got a pretty um, there's a a great depth uh, in our food menu. So I mean seafood, traditional southern, um, pretty much everything you can possibly imagine. We've got those raw oysters that everyone loves. We do oysters Rockefeller. My goodness, we've got shrimp. We've got mussels. Uh, we've got burgers, we've got chicken, brisket uh, tacos, brisket, and then when we start talking about what we smoke, the baby back ribs and the and the different rubs, St. Louis, etc. I mean, so if you keep talking about food, we're gonna have to go eat soon. Well, we've got. Lots and on of that food. note, Bourbon Barrel Talk signing off to go eat. <laughs> <laughs> it is funky though because you you, you know. Ju- we often talk about bourbon because we're a bourbon bar, but you also want to look at the beers too. So if somebody comes in and they're like, what kind of beers do you have on tap? If they're going to be ordering something spicy, you absolutely don't want to offer an IPA, right? You want to need to stay in that Pilsner category because as soon as that IPA hits their tongue, it's going to light them up and they're not going to taste anything in that beer. So you also have to have to know the, uh, know the other side of that as well. And then that same contingency holds place when you're looking at a, uh, a Chardonnay drinker that's looking for shrimp and grits or, or something of that nature, you know, some of that seafood, you need a lighter feel to it. Uh, because if you don't offer that lighter feel, it's going to be super heavy. It's going to basically just ruin that palate and their flavor is going to be gone. And 
I guess with that, we also have to mention that we're about to introduce something new next week. And that is, Brad, I'll let you talk about the breakfast menu. So we are going to be launching a breakfast program as of Monday, uh, February 14th. Well, you're Happy Valentine's breakfast Day. Breakfast Monday. Like, yeah, exactly. Okay. Man. During the week and breakfast. Awesome. Exactly. So it's going to uh, pop off 7 a.m., close down at 2 p.m. And then throughout that, of course, we're still going to launch a regular Dot Crow's business at 11 for lunch through dinner. Um, but we're really excited about the the profiles that um our head chef manny and uh our one of our other chefs christian our sous chef um they came up with some really solid recipes um we've got a derby skillet we've got a omelet we've got really good 4.5 ounce biscuits that uphold super great when you're making a sandwich out of them you can get that as a croissant you can get that as uh, um, a bagel you know we're gonna have um, donuts in there as well um so as we as we launch that breakfast program, we've got a few cocktails in there. We've got a really good, solid build on a Bloody Mary, uh, a very approachable uh, mimosa as well, and then we've got kind of a a shade on a mimosa that is like a, a, a sunrise mimosa, something to that effect. And then we also have a dessert cocktail for that that breakfast menu that's going to be kind of a slider on a mudslide. That's awesome. So gotcha. Just going to be a, a super unique yeah, feel. I'm, re- I'm ready for that. Man, it's no, I'll, I'll love tell you breakfast. What, I'll, it's I'll my show you guys meal. pictures in a little bit. The breakfast was phenomenal. That's pancakes, awesome. like chocolate covered, multicolored pancakes, honey butter, maple butter. Like no. they went all out. Man. If you keep That's talking great. about food at dinner time, I'm going to I'm going right. to throw out a couple of little uh, dingers just for you guys. Um, so before we sign off here, favorite pour price a contingency? No. Uh, Eagle Rare 17. Eagle Rare 17? Okay. All day. All day. I'm fumbling here. Okay, I 12 years. What? Sorry. I didn't mean to go down there. Uh, hazmat stag. Which year? Which Has- one? Um, the one I had was 141 proof. <laughs> and it was... Is that 2008? I was... 2016 is 144, I think. I shouldn't say this. I was working at Churchill Downs at the time, and it was extraordinary. Gotcha. No. Yeah. All those haz- hazmat stags, I love them. Brilliant. We'll mute, we'll mute that part Really out. brilliant. 2017 was delicious, too. Yeah. It really was. Did you all yeah. bring any? Oh, I don't have any with me. Matter of fact, I'm out of that bottle. I mean, I have car whiskey. The 2019 birthday bourbon hit a lot like the 2017 stag, oddly enough, as far as, like, bold profile, oh, profile yeah. goes. Yeah. I, I, it was I, awesome. So, I... I I had an argument with Josh. Josh is the other guy that does podcast with us. We claim Oak fanboy. Like, he literally is all Oak Forrester. Like, him. he's crazy about Oak Forrester. Yeah, and uh, we were drinking through, like, I think it was 2016 to 2020 on, on the birthday bourbons. And, and we had a massive argument about which. And I just kept going, 19 is the one. 19, That's 19, it. 19, That's 19. It. And he's like, you're crazy. And I'm like, so I, I still think I win. <laughs> For, uh, 2014, 2019 are definitely the taste forward of, yeah. of all the birthdays. Yeah. All right. You got to buy, if I give you 50 bucks, you're going to the liquor store and you're going to buy a bottle. What are you going to buy? One bottle for 50 bucks or less. <laughs> I know what I'd buy. I'm embarrassed to say, but I know exactly I'm what I'm I'd buy. I'm embarrassed to say as well. What are you Go ahead. Buy? I'd probably get Knob Creek. Knob Creek? Yeah. 50 bucks. Yep. I probably would. Like the 120 proof, the 49.99 one? Or are yep. you talking about like yep. the, okay, yeah, exactly. standard Knob Creek. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey. All right. Brad? I'm bougie. Uh, most of my bourbons are over 65, 70 bucks. So I love that's that. a tough one. Uh, if I was, it depends, right? So it depends on if I was going to be sipping all night or if I was going to be drinking. Huge, all right, you're sipping. Huge you're sipping. scales. You're sipping. Scale. You're sipping. Okay. You're, you're going to take it to a Christmas party. 50 bucks. That's all you got in your pocket though. 50 bucks. You got to run in and out. So you got to be able to get it. 
I mean, buy diapers, can't pay rent, <laughs> parking, not going to be parking by a bottle car. of whiskey. You're not be able to put gas in the car. Yeah, let's do Goodness, it. Goodness, man. Uh, sipping all night. I, you know, I hate to say it, but I'd probably just pick up an old Forster Sig. There you go. It's 26 bucks. Uh-uh. Yeah, super I got, easy. I got this. It's 100 proof. I can sip on it, drink it all night. I got this. Where are you, Matt? Where are you? Four bottles of JTS Brown bottled and bond. Man, it's delicious. <laughs> and I, I didn't can know buy we could choose multiple bottles. Really? No, I just buy four of the same bottle. Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Thirteen ninety nine deliciousness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with JTS Brown. Now, see, I would I would probably buy nineteen ten. Yeah, you can't. That's you over can. fifty dollars. Sixty two bucks. Fifty three. Fifty three ninety nine. I found them for forty nine ninety nine. Actually, I found oh. it at Walmart the other day. Sorry, edit that part out. But it was uh, mismarked for twenty five dollars yes. flat. Oh yeah, twenty four ninety nine. So I picked it in nineteen twenty. No, the nineteen ten works. So I was like, I was like, yes, please. And they only had two yeah. bottles, and I was like, because mm. that was my first pick was nineteen twenty. Because I love so was nineteen twenty for double oak. I mean, there's a lot of different ones I think that are out there. Yeah, but then we start moving over fifty dollars. Yeah, mellow corn for nine ninety nine. Because there are number mellow corn. One of our neighbors, well, yeah, yeah, absolutely, love it. Well, all right. So, hey, if, if when when people come to Louisville and they want to come to Doc Crows, Tom, where they can find you, how they can get in touch with you, all that good stuff. One twenty seven, one twenty nine West Main Street. We are literally across the street from the Yum Center by the Second Street Bridge all on right. Historic Whiskey Row. All right. And then, if you want to make a reservation, just go through the Open Table profile, and we've got everything set up on there. Gotcha. If they want to ask you guys questions, you want to throw out an email or anything like that? Yeah, just um, Brad, super easy, brad at com. All right. John? I'm afraid. Louisville Shoemake at yahoo.com. Louisville Shoemake. Louisville Shoemake, the name of the city and my last name. At yahoo.com. Yes, sir. All right. Good deal. Well, thanks for having us out again. Real pleasure. Great, great conversation. Um, If you want to find Bourbon Barrel Talk, you can find us at bourbonbarreltalk at gmail.com with any questions. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter. Um, My favorite is turning into Facebook. You know, I I, I get lazy and kind of do multi-platform through Facebook with the meta world. (laughs) You get to send everything everywhere. So um, you can send us questions in that way if you, uh, if you, if you don't, remember or if you have been drinking too much through this episode to to remember their email addresses you can send us questions and we'll be glad to get them to brad and john and and try to get those back to you on a on, a, on an episode later on in this don't forget to hit the subscribe button um you can find us on uh itunes and then also on spotify google anywhere where you can find your podcast this is scott matt brad and john signing off peace out <laughs>